0: Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of DIY Money.
0: DIY Money.
1: All right, what else is new in your life, Daniel? We are well into February now. Which is, in my opinion, the worst time of the year. I do not like cold weather and dark skies, and it drives me crazy. We're listening to Punxsutawney Phil this morning. <laughs> he is predicting six more weeks of winter, but we're getting closer to spring.
0: We are. It comes up quickly here. I feel bad for our uh, more northern brethren and sisterin. I don't know nice. if that's a word, <laughs> nice. but it sounded very like <laughs> official, didn't it? Uh, because winter just sticks. Uh, having grown up in Chicago, like in Kentucky, we kind of have winter. I mean, we at least have four seasons here. Yeah. 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 Um, not two of them are just rainy and either the leaves are appearing or they're going away, mm-hmm. but there's still seasons. Um, and then, you know, summer and winter and it's cold without all the snow, which is kind of nice cause we don't have all the gray snow. But the thing with growing up in Chicago and probably even worse for more Northern people is, uh, Like, right about the time that you are done with winter, you're about halfway into it.
1: (laughs) It basically just started. And then you just
0: get angry then for the the next, I don't know, 13 weeks until it it leaves. And so, in Kentucky, it's great because we're south, but we're not crazy south to where it gets blistering hot. Yeah. Um, Like, I visited Austin last summer for some reason in the summer. Oh, my goodness.
1: Oh, my God.
0: I mean, it was hot. Uh, it's crazy hot um, for a middle-of-the-States individual. Right, right. Uh, so here in the winter, it, or in the summer, it doesn't get crazy. It gets hot, but it doesn't get insanely hot. And in the winter, right about the time that you are just totally done with winter, it's pretty much almost over. I, I Except mean, this year... I'm, we're all starting to be done with it. I'll
1: agree with you. I, I mean, yeah, that, that's true. It, it's not like the longest lasting and it does change pretty quickly. But like, I'm like a one week winter guy. I'm like, oh yeah, it's cool. I you can put my to... I can put my sweater on. It's Florida. nice that we have a little bit of, you know, snow. Like that first snow day is pretty cool and it's like, oh, it's so pretty on the trees and stuff. And then it's about like a week later. I'm like, yeah, I'm uh, done with it. I'm ready for it. Yeah, I used to, to live in
0: Nevada in. and uh, we didn't you, really have you've seasons. You basically
1: had like both sides. You've had like, you've had like blistering hot during the summer yes and terrible and then you've had terrible chicago where winter. you're just freezing and this is
0: like middle of the road here it's really not that bad yeah i, I would probably go more north though honestly
1: really before before going more south you'd go more north
0: right? i think or like colorado denver denver's pretty awesome although it's just in the winter there it's just like snow <laughs> it's just there's constant. I mean, snow. it's just disgusting amounts of snow compared to compared to here. We get snow, but it's like it's not even really snow because it's going to be gone in two or three days yeah. once the sun comes out. Do you it just goes do, you do away. any like
1: snow sports? Like, do you ski or anything like that?
0: No, because I grew up in cornfields.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, not a whole lot of skiing going on there.
0: No, I've, so I've never skied before. Never we before? Had, no, we we had hills. We'd go like sledding or whatever, mm-hmm. but um, not actual real winter sports now yeah
1: i i think part of the reason i don't like winter is because like i'm awful at all the fun winter stuff like skiing six four no balance i'm terrible skier Mm -hmm. awful we went to um uh, my wife now she's my girlfriend at the time a couple years ago she surprised me and took me and some friends to perfect north which is like a it's like a ski place here that where they do the fake snow. Like outside? Yeah they, oh. yeah, they do like fake snow and stuff. And when it's cold, during the winter, oh, okay. they do fake snow and they, they put it out there and then you can go skiing. And it was like the worst day ever. Hmm. Like I fell like a hundred times. I stayed on the bunny slopes and like all these little five-year-olds were zipping around me. <laughs> it
0: was not great. I like the idea of going to like... A- Aspen or the other cool ski places so that I can have hot cocoa in the lodge. I'd be fine with that. I'll hang out in the lodge and enjoy. We'll the, look at the mountains. Yeah, and all That's my jam.
1: friends and family will go skiing, but no. there we go. Not for me. Okay, okay we do actually have a question. Today. We so will We'll get to this question today from Tanner. Tanner, what do you got? D-I-Y!
0: Hi, guys. This is Tanner from Lincoln, Nebraska. I uh, really enjoy the information that you guys share on your podcast and especially the Pro Talk got two questions for you today. One is I've got two daughters, one is four, one is one, um, and saving for their college through a 529. Uh, in your opinion, do you think that's the best avenue to go or is a brokerage account better or a combination of the two or something completely different?
1: All right, so Tanner said that he had two questions. He had a second question there, but it kind of got cut off or something happened. So we didn't quite get the full second question. So we're just going to answer the first question because it's a good question, and we've talked about this before. we talked about saving for kids. Um, but it's a very, very common question that we get, and the environment's been changing with the new 529 rules and, and things like that. So, uh, Daniel, first impressions, what do you think for Tanner?
0: So we personally, as a family, have been saving in a joint investment account for the kids' future education. Okay, uh, so not a custodial account,
1: but joint account in you and your wife's name.
0: Mm -hmm. And the main reason for that is, is because it gives us full control over the funds. So we're saving it. It's earmarked. It's in a whole separate account that I don't even look at or put on our personal balance sheet. So... When we move money in there, I consider it spent already, mm-hmm. um, and it's just there for future funding their needs, and that could be college education, but if they get a scholarship or full rides to college or something, or one of them doesn't go to college or anything like that, then it can fund them starting a business or starting their life or... Various different things that it could go to help support them somewhere along the line. So it doesn't have to just be for education in that sense. Now, putting it in a 529 or an educational savings account, then it it pretty much has to be used for education with a big exception that just changed that we'll talk about in a second. A custodial account, we don't do that because at age 18, it automatically becomes theirs. And if for some reason between now and then, they become idiots by no fault of our own, obviously, because yeah. we're great parents.
1: If anything bad happens, my parents will find us. Honey, where's Scotty?
0: Cooper said they were going camping.
1: Oh, that's nice.
0: I don't know that I would have trusted me with it's like $100,000 or something at 18. Right. I don't know what they'll have, but it's just... It automatically becomes theirs. And obviously, you hope as parents that you've raised them well. You've taught them how to steward their finances, that they've listened to the podcast and read the book and done all that. But you never know. And Mm -hmm. so to start building that up and just assume that they're going to be ready to manage that um, and not just go find themselves somewhere in Italy or something for three years and then come back broke... (laughs) You know, you just have to wrestle with that. So I think by leaving it in sort of our names, it allows us to really discern when the time to use it is right. Obviously, in our minds, we're primarily thinking education, but as time evolves and so forth um, and we see what it is they're going to do, that can mm-hmm. be other stuff.
1: Yeah. I think there's different strategies that you can take here. We've talked many times about custodial accounts and why we like those accounts. um, Because versus a 529 in previous timeframes, you can use that custodial account or your child can use that custodial account in any way they like. Uh, I got kind of, um, I don't know how to say this. I, I got kind of A little bit screwed with my 529 originally because I got a scholarship. I got a full ride scholarship. Well, not full ride. I got academic paid for, and then I was an RA on campus. So I didn't have to pay any out of account money, 529 money that my parents had built up towards education, Um, which was fine with me. You know, I I said it's okay. That's my parents' money, anyways. But Eventually, they were like, oh, man, we really wanted you to be able to use this money because you you worked hard through school to make sure you didn't have any loans. We'd love to give it to you for a house or something like that. And unfortunately, I couldn't do so because I'd have to pay a 10% penalty and taxes. I guess I could have done so, but -hmm. I didn't want to. Um, But now we have new rules in place for the 529 where you can roll over money to a Roth so I think a 529 becomes a little bit more attractive in that space, and I'll let you speak more to the to the rule changes there. But that's kind of why we have talked about custodial accounts in the past. I think the joint account makes a lot of sense in the point of not only can you help save for college education, but you could also save for high school education if, sure. say, they go to a private school or go to a charter school or something like that, saving in those joint accounts Um, like you've mentioned, we've talked about this on plans before, helps you to be able to sell assets in there, avoid any kiddie tax, which is something that's associated with custodial accounts, Mm -hmm. um, and then help your kids fund maybe things before they're 18 as well.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it just provides sort of maximum flexibility. Uh, Obviously, you will have to wrestle with capital gains or dividend income, things like that. Right. Um, But it gives you a lot of flexibility along the way now we will probably open up custodial accounts uh, as our kids now are getting older and get allowance and they'll start saving and stuff like that so but we would will probably orient the custodial accounts to be their actual personal savings so they can see mm-hmm. kind of how savings builds up and investments build up over time rather than like us putting money in. Maybe we'll match it. We'll be like their employer. Yeah, well... If you put $5 in, we'll match you $5.
1: That's pretty cool. But I think also custodial accounts help educate. Mm -hmm. We've talked about that before too, where a 529, you're buying a state plan and it's basically in a mutual fund and there's not much options there. You can use a custodial account to educate your kids and say, okay, you own a share of this company Mm -hmm. and help them start to understand what that means and, and what You know, what dad does every day and what you come to work and do and research.
0: Uh, Hello, sir. Welcome to Starbucks. What can I get for you? So
1: I think the education tool of a custodial account is crucial as well. But let's speak more to the 529 plans. Now that they've changed, now that there's a lot of um, new rules in effect for those 529s, Uh, What is your thoughts and kind of give the broad overview of what the new rules are?
0: Yeah, so as of the end of 2022, when Secure Act 2.0 got signed into legislation, you can now roll over 35 thousand dollars from a 529 that's been open at least 15 years, 15 years, yeah, into a Roth um, for the beneficiary, so for for the child. So what this does, the purpose of this is really to allow for uh, folks who do have leftover five twenty nine money that they didn't need, to be able to use that in a productive way by by getting it into a retirement account. Which actually, if you think about it, sets a kid up really nicely. Let's start out, I mean, thirty five thousand doesn't sound like a lot, but it takes a lot of people as they begin their working career quite a long time to get their first. Twenty-five or thirty-five thousand into absolutely a Roth, um, and if you just think about the you know the annual limits on there, I mean, if you just maxed it out your first mm-hmm. uh, five or six years of employment, I mean, you'd be just getting there with investment gains and all that. But most people, when they're just starting employment, also don't max out their personal retirement account. It's just right. a fact of your first couple just of jobs. Just starting out a new job, yeah, you're just like trying that. to save for a car and maybe education things like that. So you're not really At that point, maxing out, for most people, your retirement account. So this is actually a great planning tool now for parents, and it may actually convince our family to put some into a 529 with the purpose then of more so later on uh, converting that into a Roth rather than using it for education.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting strategy too because right now your kids are young enough that they don't have earnings, so they Mm -hmm. couldn't contribute to a custodial Roth right now. But you could put money into a 529, and then when they get 15 years down the line, convert that into a Roth. Now, the conversion, if my understanding is, it's thirty five thousand dollars of your lifetime, but you have to you have to be restricted to the contribution limits for that year.
0: Yes, it's kind of a complicated sort of way that they did it, but yeah, it's it'll still be a useful tool. But you do have to kind of understand the full scope of it, and and we'll see more uh, information coming down from a planning perspective. As far as how to do that, kind of here over the next couple of years as people really begin to utilize that strategy. And we'll see in real life some of those. And and sometimes that's sort of what it takes. I mean, when when these new legislations hit, we know the letters of the law, right? But then as we start to see scenarios take place and case studies take place where people have been able to utilize this, then behind the scenes, what's happening is, is we as planners are you know learning from one another and, and seeing how tools are used. It's, it's no different than many other industries like medical or technology or things like that, where uh, we collectively learn from one another and, and we see best practices and what's happening. So um, obviously, we know sort of the black and white of how this works, but we'll actually be able to see how it works in practice um, here quite shortly, I think. And then um, as planners, we'll will begin to implement that more and more would be my guess because it from the surface seems like it has the potential to be a great planning tool for parents. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I think there is some uses there. If my wife and I have kids, I think we'll still lean similar to you and Quint. Uh, we'll lean the custodial or joint account path uh, just because of the flexibility and the different things that you could do with that money. And if something happened, you can have access to that money early and not worry about education or worrying about rolling it into a Roth um, when you may need it for something else. So, I like the flexibility of those different routes, but there is some opportunity and there is some definite planning opportunity that's going to come down the pike for this new 529 plans and how you can uh, utilize those.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I think, as a general rule, what we've encountered, I think, in planning for folks is most people underappreciate the value of building up investments in a taxable, yeah, whether that's taxable individual or taxable joint account, whatever it is that is fully liquid, usable before retirement for whatever purposes, whether that's kids, your personal life, et cetera. Um, for some reason, a lot of people associate saving only with retirement. Yeah, But if you can save and invest in a non-retirement vehicle, which is a individual or joint taxable account, um, It's a powerful, powerful saving tool. All
1: right. We're going to leave it there with uh, Daniel's mic drop. So the secret to wealth, friends, is really very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a good.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get $25